The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome to another week of WTMJ Nights. Glad you are here. Big show. As always, we want you involved. Come on. You know you want to get involved. The old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. If you decide to call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. Be nice to him. He is back. We are ready to go. If you're nice to him, you get to me. Or if you just want to text, go ahead, feel free. Maybe you want to start out answering the text question of the night. You know, taxes are due tomorrow. That's the deadline this year. If you are getting a tax refund, do you spend that refund like a drunken sailor, like found money? Or do you put it away and save it for something else or maybe put it toward, I don't know, next year's taxes? Me, if I get it, I I spend it usually. It either goes to a bill or it goes to, I don't know, we put it towards something. But uh, it doesn't last long. Because even though it is your money, you know, you paid it in, it always seems like found money. Because you spend all this time doing your taxes and it's a royal pain. And then all of a sudden you get a check or you get a direct deposit. And you're like, woohoo, I got some cash. So that's your text question of the night, 855-616-1620. Tax refund. Spend it. Save it. Uh, Tommy, good to have you back. How are you? Everything? How was your big trip to Indianapolis? It was good. It was good. It was more of a day trip. So I was. I probably could have came into work on Tuesday, if we're being honest. I had left. <laughs> I I got back at probably like six thirty. I didn't really hustle either. So uh, I left at like six a.m. Got back at like six thirty. I was I was all ready to go. I got to be honest. You would have been a little drowsy for the program. Let's come on. Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's better. Sometimes I know you've got a a solid work ethic, which I admire. You know that. But I also I also realize there are physical limits on people. Now, there's some people who work more than 12 hours in a day. Uh, God bless you. I you know, it gets to be a point where um, diminishing returns, I always feel. So you went down to Indy for a day because that's when people think I want to take a nice day trip. They often think Indianapolis. It's pretty much just the Milwaukee of Indiana. <laughs> that's what we're going with with Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, it's not a bad city. I got no, I got no hate for Indiana or Indianapolis. I'm not going to throw shade. It's a, they've got pretty much everything. They have a great. Uh, the Slippery Noodle is a fantastic blues bar. One of the, Ooh. I think it's the oldest bar in Indiana. Quite frankly. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff down there. Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Minneapolis. If you just showed someone a picture not from the Midwest, they'd all look identical. Hmm. I, oh wow. See, I think. Uh, well, I think Milwaukee is bigger than Indianapolis. It's actually uh, the city is not. There's more people who live in Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, Minneapolis seems. Bigger to me, maybe because it's uh, tacked on to St. Paul. You got the Twin Cities, right? Right. I do like the, uh, ha- you know, the Habit Trail, the little enclosed area for all the human hamsters up in Minneapolis, so nobody ever has to go outside in the cold weather. Right, I like right. that. Yes, that is convenient. Uh, that is convenient. I do like Market Square though, the, the circle down in the middle of Indianapolis. And I'm not going to lie to you, I like Lucas Oil Field. 
I'm not, I don't follow any of the teams that play in there, but I've been in there for a couple marching band competitions when my daughter was in high school, and it is a beautiful stadium. So they got that going for them. Yeah, they got a lot going on at Lucas Oil all the time. They always do Final Fours, obviously the draft yeah. combine too. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's popping it's over there. It's a fantastic stadium. Plus they've got St. Elmo's uh, Steakhouse, which has, they're known for their shrimp cocktail having the hottest cocktail sauce in the world. Ooh, no, not for me. It is, uh, it's pretty much pure horseradish with some red, uh, I don't know, some sort of red. Put, put some hair on your chest. Yeah. Okay. It is, Tommy, I'm telling you, it should be a con. It's probably been a contest to eat it. It is, I like it, but, you know, I, I really like it if I have a little uh, head congestion. Yeah. Clear that up right what, away. Yeah. Boom. It's gone. Everything's on. They actually sell it at Costco in a bottle. And it is just as hot in the bottled version as it is uh, as it is everywhere else. This exciting, Tommy. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, having having the talented listeners that we do to this program today uh, is a very special day, and it's especially important for WTMJ Nights. Today is National Haiku Poetry Day. Oh, let's go! Yes, I've I've written a few for the occasion. But uh, just a little background, it's uh, National Haiku Poetry Day is celebrated every day annually on April 17th, rather. It encourages all to try their hand in creativity. If you are not sure what haiku poetry is, it's a form of Japanese poetry that is non-rhyming and usually consists of three lines with a syllable pattern of 575. This part I didn't know till today, because we've we've done haikus on the program before. Tommy's used Chat GPT to make some haikus. We're probably we Milwaukee's haiku poetry podcast and radio show. This is what I don't understand. Why we don't get more play for that. You would think all the beatniks and the hepcats would be all over this program. No one's doing more poetry and haikus than us. I guarantee it. I you know what? I'll wager any amount of money that there is not a radio show in this town doing more haiku poetry than this one. You you prove it to me, you'll win some sort of prize. Send us a haiku just, to prove it. Yeah, send us a haiku to, with, the, with the call letters and the show name. But we, one, we're not going to believe you. I didn't know that nature was supposed to be included in a haiku. Oh, no. Some I... sort of element. Usually it says an element of nature, a season, a moment of beauty, or an individual experience inspires haiku poems. Sensory language is used to capture a feeling, image, or moment. So... Here's one that I wrote for today, Tommy. I have a couple, but we welcome we welcome yours throughout the show. If you wanna if you wanna send in some haikus, we're ready to go. More snow in April. Why is winter still with us? Mother Nature sucks. It's my first haiku of the night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are trying to celebrate National Haiku Day. Um, we must turn our attention to uh, the Bucks. I know. I know. Normally, we're not a sports show, but this is a big thing. We'll take a break, but I want to know after one loss and Jonas's back issue, are you worried at all? We'll talk about it. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the old National Bank talking text line. We'll talk a little basketball. Why not? And we welcome not only your haikus, but your answer to the text question of the night. Your tax refund. Spend it. Save it. There's more. It's WTMJ Nights. 
Let it go for a minute. Wallow in the the cheer of the song. As opposed to the disappointment of yesterday, Janice uh, goes out, you know, with back contusions. Uh, doesn't come back in the second half. Good news, though. They say the MRI and the x-ray, everything is clear. So, and Janice has come back from injuries early before. So it's all day-to-day. Next game, of course, Wednesday night. Uh, and you'll hear it here on WTMJ. But Janice uh, goes down. How much does that worry you watching the Bucks? then? Now, uh, Bobby Portis picked up a little bit. He, you know, he stepped up. That was great. But the Bucs uh, still lost big yesterday, 130 to 117. Does it worry you? That's uh, that's one of the questions we're asking here at 855-616-1620. We also had the, uh, the text question of the night. Is tax refund, save it or spend it, from the 262 being elderly, I'm spending my tax refund, bourbon and travel, woohoo, all right. Send me a ticket. Uh, from another 262, not sure what changed. If anything, I pay more into childcare this year than previous years, but we normally get back anywhere from 1000 to 1500 This year I had to pay 1300 so I guess I can't spend it or save it. That's very sad. And uh, Patrick sends in the first listener haiku of the night to help celebrate National Haiku Day. Floating asteroid. Need to buy some school supplies. You're soaking in it. Right on, right on. Uh, boy, I, I are you worried, Tommy? You worried after uh, game one? We got a seven-game series against the Heat, and the Heat is not good, let's be honest. You know? I mean, on a scale, if the scale goes from zero to ten, I'm at about a one right now. Yeah, I never, I never, but now, if it, if, um, if there was, a, had been a more serious injury, and I'm not discounting back pain because that's horrible. But, you know, being encouraged by the MRI and the x-ray, being clean, it's like, okay, this is... Uh, I'm <laughs> Andrew, I'm not. Uh, Andrew said I'm mispronouncing Giannis's name. Am I, Tommy? Giannis. 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 Oh, yeah, you're right. Giannis. Sorry. So it's all right. You're you're one of those guys from Illinois. No, we we had a conversation the other night. Somebody asked. We were talking about the uh, the game, uh, the series starting, and somebody asked if I was a Bulls fan or a Bucks fan, and I explained I don't really follow basketball that much, so I would have to say I'm more of a Bucks fan because I do, um, I do follow the Bucks for the show. And because we are the flagship station. So I do follow it. I've just, I don't know why I have, I've said Giannis's name hundreds of times. I don't know why sometimes I still have a mental block on it. And I'm not even going to try. I know how to say his last name, but then when I now saying that and looking at it, I'm not going to be able to say it. So it's just, I think we all have words or phrases that we sometimes have trouble with. And I apologize to Andrew and everybody else. I apologize to Giannis, uh, mostly, <laughs> for mispronouncing his name again. But there's, and trust me, no matter how many times I say it correctly, I'm probably going to say it incorrectly again. And that's a character flaw. And uh, yeah, I pronounce it. 
I mispronounced it. It's too early to be nervous. It's too early to be nervous about it. Tommy, way to get me off the ledge. Way to pull me out of the hole. Thank you. You you can see me spiraling. I was going to apologize for the next hour and 40 minutes, but I'm not going to now. I never worry this this early in a series either. Now, if the Bucs were to lose Wednesday and blow home court advantage completely, then I'm going to worry about it. I'm at about but a I five. I don't see then. that happening. I'm at about a five out of ten. Then if it's if they go down 0-2, it would jump up significantly. But you know, again, you you were talking about it. I know the back. You know that controls a lot of Giannis's movement, yes. obviously. But it feels like back would be better than knee because you know the explosiveness he plays with, and the Heat also played their best playoff game in franchise history against us, and I don't think it'd be easy for them to replicate that. It's no. literally the most points they've ever scored in a playoff game. They also shot 60% from three. Don't think they're going to be able to do that again. So I'm not really too worried about it. If the Heat were a really good team, they probably would have beat us by 25 last night. Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, But so... I don't think it's time to panic yet. I think if they lose another game, you have some justified worry. Yeah, then you worry. have room to panic. And the you know all the sports pundits, and I am not one, but the sports pundits are all pointing out. Listen, the Bucks did okay. They were eleven and eight overall when uh, Giannis didn't play when he was out. Uh, but two of those losses were to the Heat. And, but that's that's the past. You know, Jimmy Butler, yes, he does seem to come alive during the playoffs, but he also sent a little trolling video on Twitter, which may be good bulletin board material. I don't know if professional athletes really need bulletin board material because they have, you know, playoff and uh, victory bonuses, but that's always nice. And some some nights you're just off. You know, you could chalk it up to the Bucks being off for two weeks beforehand. Uh, maybe a little rusty. They looked a little off in the first half. But, you know, okay, well, the rust is off now. So that's the way it's uh, – I am I will be – I'm like you now, Tommy, one or two, not even, you know, uh, one to one and a half, I'll give it. If If Wednesday night does not go well, then it'll jump up. Because home court advantage does mean something. And even though you've got a team in the heat that is not up to the Bucks' caliber, they, mm, you know, the a broken clock is right twice a day. you got to remember they were also down on two when they won the finals. So That's true. Uh, in multiple series as well. I, It's just, it's not time. It's not time to be freaking out. The heat should be freaking out. They're losing Wisconsin's own Tyler Hero the rest yes. of the series, too. That's going to be yeah. a problem for See, them. See, now that's an injury, which brings me to Reggie Miller, who, during the game, made a comment that is getting everybody, everybody all up in arms. He said that the Tyler Hero, and if I'm mispronouncing that name, I'm sorry, too. Uh, Tyler, I think I have right. That's the traditional pronunciation. But Reggie Miller said that was a more important injury to his team than Giannis's injury. Because his point was, even though people were flaming him and saying, how could you say that? You've got a two-time MVP. You've got blah, blah, blah. He said, listen, there's a... It all looks like Giannis is coming back. He'll be back for the series at some point, but Harrow won't. So I I tend to agree with him on this. That as far if you were looking at a team situation, an injury where your player is not coming back is 
a more crucial injury for your team. That doesn't. I don't think his comments lessened Giannis's injury at all. Did you did you hear the uh, the statement? Do did you think about this at all, Tommy? I, I did. I did. And while on the surface, yes, it sounds like a foolish statement. I do. I understand where he's coming from with it mm-hmm. because I, if I'm going to be honest, if Giannis didn't play the rest of this series, I'd still expect Milwaukee to win this one. Uh, I, I think that they are a much better team than Miami and. If Miami doesn't have their second or third best option on offense and we don't have Giannis, I I think they should be winning convincingly most of the time as well. We've seen this team all year. Uh, I I think they're the number one overall seed in the playoffs, if I remember correctly, obviously. There's no team that had a better record than them. I understand that was with Giannis, but it's a pretty deep team. And Losing guys on Miami's team, who's definitely not as deep as Milwaukee's team, is a big loss. Maybe a bigger loss. Yeah. So, Reggie Miller, you're off the hook here, at least. Or do you pronounce it Reggie Millet? Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Keep me uh, keep me in line. You never know when I'm going to go off the rails with pronunciation or with timing. So we're going to do this. Then we'll be back. It's WTFJ Night. Uh, we are talking basketball. From the 262, uh, he seems worried, or maybe just I'm going to say what nobody wants to hear, but the Heat owned the Bucks in the in playoffs past. Wow, 262 coming out, coming out hard. Uh, we have another haiku on National Haiku Day. Miami wins in five. Bucks go home again. Long off season. Wow, I'm not going to snap non- to that one. A non-believer in the two-six-two, yeah, it's a haiku. It's a it's a fine haiku, but we cannot uh, get behind the sentiment. Jeff says I dropped my tax refund on clothing, collectibles, concert tickets, and Blu-rays. Uh, so he's not. Uh, I don't think he's getting his money back. Text question tonight, of course. Tax refund, spend it or save it. I know what Wyatt Barmore Pooley does. He doesn't care about any of that. What he cares about is being in the WTMJ 24-hour news center and bringing us the news. So let's get out of his way. And the trumpets, they go. And the trumpets, they go. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. It is National Haiku Day in honor of that. Another haiku for the Bucks. Greek freak hurt his back. Will he be back game two? That's the question now. That was that was a Noonan original haiku. Oh, okay. Thank you, Tommy. Okay. Thank you. Uh, are you are you Chat GPTing another uh, another haiku, or are you going to have have one by the end of the show for us? I'll, I'll get one for the end of the show uh, off right. the dome, uh, out of the, out of the Tommy brain. I got it. All right, it. yeah. Bring, maybe one to wrap up the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, a big closer. You'll be the big closer tonight. Wow. Now I got to actually do one. That's All right. Pressure. Sounds yeah, good. You got to come up with uh, seventeen syllables by the end of the show. You have an hour twenty-five. Okay, I can. You get can there. do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I, you know, I would uh, think you could do a, a huge, an ode, an epic poem, but we only got you doing a haiku, so I think you'll you'll be fine. I, I didn't take English after freshman year, I'm pretty sure, so I'll I'll have to listen. I d- hadn't done haikus since since we got our first request for poetry homework help. Yeah, that was that's, that's the first time I did haikus. Now I find like in high school when we had to do this, I. I was like, oh, I can't write poems. And my poems probably stink. But 
they're the right uh, they're the right amount of syllables and they're on theme. See, when so, I used to get the poetry projects, it was always bank on haikus because it was the shortest one you had to do. That's why right. I always did them. Yeah, I sometimes in um, when I was teaching second grade, we had to do a poetry section. It is the worst section of the year because children, young children, don't want to write poetry. They don't. They want to hear a dirty limerick. That's all. And, they, and it's a dirty limerick they don't understand unless you have the word butt in it. Yep. Then they yep. get it. I remember that. That Those were yeah. always fun. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with it. You listen, I still, you know, you throw me a limerick with the word butt in it, I'll laugh. But uh, yeah, so it's, I don't know why. Poetry just never, uh, I liked E.E. E. Cummings for some reason because it was weird, you know, all lowercase letters and odd stanzas. But everything else I was like, eh, pass. Do you think uh, if you're going to death row, and we're not going to talk about the death penalty, but what we're talking about is the last meal. Is that an outdated concept where these people who are being executed, um, and again, that's not the debate. The question is about the last meal. because The reason I bring this up is uh, a guy in Mississippi was just executed, and his last meal was crazy to the point of it had the caloric count of a week's worth of food one how much of this is are are they really eating and two you know is it it seems hyper hypocritical to go oh yeah we're about to put you to death we'll let you pick your last nice meal we want you to go out happy uh like you're gonna forget oh i'm having a pizza and in about an hour and a half they're gonna stick a needle in my arm and i'm gonna be dead I see it. This is just an outdated thing. Let's let's do away with it. But if you're gonna go out, this guy this guy took full advantage. And I know every state has different rules about the last meal. Some they'll only prepare food based on what they have in the institution. Other states you can order things in. Uh, this a guy. And this guy sounds horrible. This criminal. He was known as the butcher for crimes he committed that included dismembering somebody over a drug-related incident. So he got his option for his last meal. Now, he's a guy who fed somebody to alligators. So a class act all the way around. But this is what he got. Tommy, this guy, uh, if he, you know, if he wasn't a horrendous psychotic killer, could have been a great drive through window correspondent with this kind of order. Oh, okay. One Pizza Hut medium super supreme deep dish pizza, double portion with mushrooms, onions, jalapenos, pepperoni. Then another pizza, regular portion, three cheeses, olives, bell pepper, tomato, garlic, and Italian sausage. So he obviously likes his pizza. Big pizza guy, yeah. Loves it. 10 eight-ounce packs of Parmesan cheese, 10 eight-ounce packs of ranch dressing. See, people who like ranch dressing like it all the way to the very end. I I would rather die than eat ranch dressing. Yeah, I know. Food. We've had this conversation. I know. Just, I'm just, this, uh, guy, that this guy puts this on there is, is amazing to me. But then he likes, he's all savory so far, if we're noticing. The, pizzas, the pizza choices sound pretty good. Parmesan, the ranch, no. Uh, Family-sized pack of Doritos, nacho cheese flavors. Eight ounces jalapeno nacho cheese, 
four ounces sliced jalapenos. I don't know if he's planning on uh, vacating when they <laughs> when they kill him, but he is eating a lot of jalapenos. Yeah, that's that was my first thought. Isn't that one of the first things you do after you? Uh, uh huh. Yeah, especially yeah. when you have them on your pizza. You have them in your cheese. You have a regular. You've got. Uh, yeah, he's gonna make it a messy death penalty. I get it. Yeah. Right, he's not. Uh, yeah, he's he's not letting them reuse the white suit that they take into the uh, <laughs> into the chamber. Two large strawberry shakes. Those don't seem to go with anything on that list so far. Two twenty ounce cherry cokes, a supersize order of McDonald's fries with extra ketchup and mayonnaise, and then two pints of strawberry ice cream. Now, how on earth? Can one human being eat that much food? There's no way, right? This is just one last middle finger at the institution going, I'm going to order all this stuff because they say I can, and you hope at least the guards get to eat the leftovers, you know, because there's no, there's no way he's eating all of this. You hope the guy who has to sit outside and watch him, well, he goes, hey, man, you want a pint of strawberry ice cream? Sure, yeah, of course I do. Ranch dressing? No, get out of here. You're the devil. I'm easily uh, I'm easily swayed by ice cream. No one puts so ranch on their strawberry ice cream. That's why. Tommy, ranch people are crazy. You know my stance on this. People who love ranch will put it on anything. I can't do the olives on the pizza. Everything else sounds all right, too. I like olives. I don't like mushrooms. Mm, okay. Everything else, everything. Now, I would eat them on that, like a pizza with all that stuff on them. I, I'll, I'll eat them. I'm not going to be that guy who goes, pick them off. But given my druthers, I would never order them. And I don't get to eat olives here at the because nobody nobody in my family likes them. Yeah, not my not a fan of olives. Despise them mm -mm. in any form. Uh, no, I am the guy to pick them off pizza too. Like I I can't do okay. it. I, I just it's a, a very overpowering taste in my mouth. It is strong. Um, black ones a little more mild on pizza than the green ones. But you still, yeah, you st it's it's an acquired taste, I guess. I have nothing against people who don't like them. You know, that's maybe if I could dip I them in it. ranch. <sighs> Listen, <laughs> ranch people would spit the pit, the olive pits, into the ranch dressing, and then go, "Oh, look, ranch-covered crunchy candies." Nom nom nom. That, that, that's how it goes. That's how it goes sometimes. I, I know how it is. I know how it is with you people. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I said you people, you ranch people. All right, hearing all this. I, I do think it's I think it's time we go. Listen, you know what? Um, you get to pick one one item based on something we have. You know, if you want a steak, okay, we'll we'll bring in some ice cream if you want a quart of ice cream or whatever. But this is this is just nuts. You know, so it, it's one of those things where I understand the the good natured thought behind it, but. You're giving it to people who are not good-natured. So why put a cherry on top of their punishment? And he didn't order any cherry. Oh, yeah, cherry Cokes. Why put a cherry Coke on top of it? Just, hey, man, here's this is what's happening. Uh, on the other side, I'm wondering if anybody has ever had an experience like this in school, and I'm, I'm betting I'll put all the money that Tommy makes tonight on this that nobody has ever experienced anything like this in school it is it is unbelievable we're still looking for more haikus 
And the text question of the night at 855-616-1620, which is the old National Bank talk and text line. Your tax refund, if you get one, save it or spend it. There's a lot on the table. Jump in. Enjoy yourself. It's WTMJ Night. This is WTMJ Nights. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out. The fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Would it surprise you if I told you that that was tape from a middle school? No, it shouldn't. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. When was the last time you were actually in a fight? Because for me, it's been a long time. Uh, but that we played that because a middle school in Texas... Uh, a substitute teacher has not been fired because she was encouraging middle school students to fight during class. Yes, you heard me right. Uh, this was a, it's middle school, 12 and 13-year-olds. The teacher pushed desks aside and created a space for the kids to fight. So Some fought so hard they left the classroom bleeding. Have you, did you ever have a teacher like that, Tommy, who just would let you go? Oh, no, but no. No. <laughs> sometimes you wish there was. Yes. It's, you know, I, I, I'm i not a proponent of violence. You know I'm a peaceful man. But uh, sometimes somebody needs just a smack in the face. You know? Uh, so this, this teacher just decided they were having, there was like some kind of discussion going on in class about fighting. And then the teacher started challenging people, even to the point where she told somebody to stand by the door and hold the door in case anybody came down the hallway. Now there's video, and I was listening to it to see if there was any good audio. There wasn't. It was just basically a news report. But there's video of these kids like going after each other. Straight out of straight out of a street fight, uh, the district did confirm that the teacher outlined rules for the students to follow and even instructed a student to keep watch at the door. Yeah, she had the rules of Fight Club. At least four students were seen fighting in the video, um, in two different sets of one-on-one -on -one fights. We don't know how many kids actually engaged in fighting. But you can hear a timer going off at points during the fight, and the teacher yelling out thirty seconds. Before the fight Jeez. starts, she had the striped shirt. All right, come on and let's keep get it rid clean of if we're gonna do this. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, we're gonna have a clean fight. You gotta, yeah, you gotta have some rules if you're gonna be fighting. You bring the kids to the middle, they uh, bump fists. All right, let's get it on, <laughs> and then ding ding. It's like the last scene in Rocky, uh, Rocky Three, where Rocky and Apollo are gonna fight because Ro Apollo trained Rocky. And they just, uh, aren't you going to ring the bell? Ding, ding. And then it starts. And they, she just just let the kids go off. So, I, I listen, I've had, a lot of, I've had a lot of conversations with students. They said this is how it started. Uh, never once 
have I now there have been some kids that I wouldn't mind seeing gotten punched by another kid, quite frankly. Uh, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh graders, but um I would never encourage it, you know, other than giving, you know, kid a couple of bucks. But that's no, that's not right. I'm teasing. People are <laughs> Is he really paying middle schoolers to punch each other? The haiku and fight club radio show of Milwaukee. This is there's a lot going on. We go from peaceful Zen poetry to middle schoolers kicking the tar out of each other in class while their teacher rings the bell and uh, gives them rules on how to do it. The fights all obviously stopped when the bell rang because then they have to move on to another. Imagine, imagine if you're the classroom teacher of the next class. You know, the kids are in, I don't know what subject the substitute was teaching, but then they go uh, over to math. And a kid comes in bloody, and there's kids all sweaty, and their shirts are ripped. I just um, imagine they start right when you know there's a minute until the actual yeah. school bell rings, and then they're <laughs> like the bell dismisses you in this case right yeah. now. Yet once the bell's over, fight club's over. Whole new thing about Saved by the Bell. Uh, Doug says I was in a fight in college in a dorm. The guy was trying to bug me on purpose, and I went at him, uh, rubbed his face into the carpet. He never did it again. Ooh, all right. Tommy, remember we don't uh, we don't badmouth Doug on the text line. No, no, I don't no. Need carpet burns on my face. Sounds rough. Not gonna. All do right. It. Last time you were in a fight, eight five five six one six one six twenty. Haikus text question of the night. We got things to do. It's WTMJ night. Yeah, this is the music playing in a Mesquite, Texas middle school as the kids walk into English class. If they have a certain sub, well, she's fired now. Uh, she's not coming back. She had a little fight club going up there. Uh, Jeff texts in, when I was subbing at an area high school, I had one kid attack another one in the classroom. Against my better judgment, I jumped in the middle when the kid was charging at him, and he thankfully stopped when I put my hand out. The thought never even crossed my mind to emulate fight club, which is actually anti-fighting in the overall uh, in the overall message. I had, um, last year, two fifth graders... In the morning, when the weather's really bad in the morning, they bring kids into the gym so they don't have to wait outside to come in to start the day. And I'm standing in the gym next to this class, and all of a sudden I hear, you know, there's a weird sound. And, Tommy, I'm sure you've heard it. There's a weird sound when a fight starts. And I look over, and these two fifth graders are going at it. And I just, I didn't even think, oh, I'm not supposed to touch them. I grabbed each one by, by the back of the collar, and I pulled them apart, and they were like, Huh? <laughs> yeah, stop. On the other side of the news, we are going to get into corporate mascots and to give you a little trivia on one of the most popular. We'll do that after the news, which comes your way after this. It's WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome, welcome. It is hour two of the big broadcast on National Haiku Poetry Day. Oh, you know we're nothing if not cultured here on WTMJ Nights. If you have a haiku, a haiku or want to answer our text question of the night, which is tax refund, spend it or save it, the old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. We are all slaves to 
advertising. We all see corporate mascots. We remember them from our childhood. Some have gone away in disgrace. I'm looking at you, Frito Bandito. Uh, some live on the Hawaiian punch guy who, for some reason, always very, very, very aggressive and angry, punching people, the Hey Kool-Aid Man. Uh, I was flipping through some things today, looking at stuff, and I saw one that I remembered, and it was very big for a while, and then went away for whatever reason. Uh, if you have fond memories of one of these corporate mascots, please let us know who. Do you remember, Tommy, when... McDonald's was trying to be kind of classy and we're saying, hey, you should come here and eat at night. Come late. It's fun. It's very, it's, that's where all the cool kids, that's where all the swinging hepcats go. And they had Mac tonight. No. He was uh, dressed in a tuxedo. He was a giant moon headed creature. So it was like a, a crescent moon, sunglasses, tuxedo. He played the piano. It was Mac tonight. Uh, he was in McDonald's commercials. Yeah, you would have been way too young. 86 to 89. You weren't even born yet, were you? Not even a thought. Not even a thought. Man, see, sometimes I forget how young you are and how old I am. But he was only he was only a short time in the limelight, but his trademark, you know, he was all he was all dressed nice. Some found him charming, other found him downright creepy, kind of like the Burger King king. Remember when, uh, gosh, this had to be a, probably 10 years ago, maybe t more than that, when the king was popping up everywhere? Yes. Like he'd be, you'd wake up in bed and there was a king laying next to you just I staring at you. I do know the Burger you. King king, yes. Oh my, the Burger King king was terrifying. He would, you know, you'd open your kitchen windows. Yeah, just smiling quietly, staring at you with those cold, dead eyes. I was like, that is the most unappetizing thing ever. They've kind of phased him out, but I see the king popping back up every now and then. They just need to go back. When I was a little kid, they actually had like an animated Burger King in the in the logos and stuff. And as a young child, that was fine. This, this plastic-headed king freaks me out. Um, from the 414, he was the Ray Charles of McDonald's. Yes, they had him on Solid Gold McDonald's on they had him at Solid Gold McDonald's on 76th Street. Mac tonight. It was an innovative, according to this, uh, part of McDonald's advertising history. Uh, yeah, he was a guy with a moon head. He was weird looking. Uh, he was seated at a piano atop a, a Big Mac uh, on a cloud or even on a roller coaster. They the dreamlike settings were supposed to lull you in and say, come in, please, have some late-night food. He only lasted a few years. The exact reason for the decision are unclear, but many believe that it had something to do with the litigation the franchise was facing at the time. Uh, regardless of his discontinuation, Mac tonight remains one of the most fascinating characters to have graced the world of advertising. Half past six, babe. Time to hit It's pretty Back catchy tonight. Yeah, how do you like him, Tommy? He's kind of creepy. Would he have haunted your childhood dreams? No, I, I, I approve. I approve of Mac tonight. 
I like Mac tonight had uh, a kind of savoir faire that a lot of corporate uh, mascots do not. He exuded a bit of class. He he made McDonald's seem like the Playboy Club for French fries. You know, it was very. Cl- you don't see too many corporate mascots in a tuxedo on a piano. It's like McDonald's would- had velvet lounges. Yes. Like you were going to get VIP service at McDonald's. You were going to go in there and they were going to take you into a special room just for you. You're, you're exclusive. You don't need out there with the poors. You come back here with Mac into the piano lounge. We'll pour you, we're going to pour your milkshake into a crystal goblet while you dine with us. The only other, there's only two other mascots I can think of that are formally dressed. Mickey Mouse, a lot of times, is in a waistcoat. So he's he's formal on occasion, but Mickey, Mickey changes clothes a lot. The only other guy who's exclusively in formal wear is Mr. Peanut. Oh, okay. Mr. Peanut, always top hat, monocle, spats, looking sharp. You know, he's a he's a cultured peanut out on the town. A lot of other a lot of other corporate mascots. A little more casual. That's fine. You know. Um, somebody asked, what, what about the animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese? Nostalgic or creepy? Creepy. I'm not eating, you know. Mickey Mouse I could take. I like Mickey Mouse. I grew up with Mickey Mouse. Oh, hold on. Uh, the other one's, no. I, I don't like. I, I See, whereas Tommy's too young to remember Mac tonight, I'm too old to have ever really been to Chuck E. Cheese. I've actually never set foot in a Chuck E. Cheese. Now, my daughter, Chuck E. Cheese was around when my daughter was a kid, but we never had her birthday parties there. She went to a couple at a Chuck E. Cheese. It always seemed like an underwhelming experience every time I went there, so you're not missing yeah. much. Chucky had a band, right? A rat band? I but- never I never actually saw Chucky, I think, at a Chuck E. Cheese, ever. Really? They didn't have, I thought the animatronics were at all of them. No? Well, sometimes they'd have, like, the live mascot or whatnot, too. Oh, but no, I, that would have horrified me. No, no. I uh, I don't think I really engaged in it that much. There was, like, one video game I really liked there, and that was about it. All right. See, I'm glad I never had to go. I think they they – I know they serve beer there, though, because that's where all the fights are. You know, big family, family fights and uh, inter-family fights when people are having birthday parties there for their kids. I stand corrected. A 414 said, what about the Monopoly Man? Yes, the Monopoly Man is always in a tux, I actually was thinking that as well. I didn't know if we were going off of that corporate mascot either. No, he's... uh, Listen, uh, I would say Monopoly Guy is a corporate mascot because he represents Monopoly. So, yes, he would. Now, somebody texted in Captain Crunch is in uniform. That's different. That's military. That would be like me saying that Quisp is always in a uh, spacesuit. You know? Captain Crunch is in the Navy. Okay. The serial Navy. I like that. I like that. I, I was yeah, thinking he, the thing that come to my mind are the Geico Gecko and okay. uh, the Carfax Fox. Yes. I, the Carfax Fox may be a little too new to be classic, but I can see where he would be. I would put the Aflac Duck if we're staying in animal territory. Yeah, like that, like that, too. Uh, you know, the Geico Lizard, the Geico Tony the tiger. Gecko is right in. Tony, uh, come on, Tony the Tiger, of course, Tony the Tiger. The Tricks Rabbit. What other animal ones? Um, uh, do, do, do. Cocoa oh. Puffs guy. Yep. 
the Fruit Loops Toucan Sam. Yep, yep. Uh, we said the tricks rabbit. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of that stuff for oh, the Playboy bunny. That is iconic. That is an animal. Is there a live mascot for that? Uh, they used to have a lot of them in clubs, but yeah. they don't much yeah, anymore. I didn't think so. It's a different era, Tommy. Let's not get ourselves before canceled. Mac tonight, before <laughs> way before Mac tonight, but Mac tonight, uh, and McDonald's after dark, probably, probably inspired by Playboy tonight, Playboy after dark rather. So who knows? It all kind of goes. What about Bernie the Brewer or Bernie Brewer? Now, Bernie Brewer is well-known here locally, but I don't know. Like, he's not a uh, he's not a national corporate mascot where you could go anywhere in the country and sometimes around the world. Like the Tootsie Pop Owl. I would say, okay, that one, Chester Cheetah, I would throw in there. Colonel Sanders, even though he was a real guy, is definitely a very popular corporate mascot. So we'll talk a little bit more about this. If you have some ideas or your favorite or one that just like the Burger King King really freaked me out. Is there anybody that you really got freaked out about as a corporate man? Like you would see the commercial and you go, this whatever is really throwing me off. 855-616-1620. Oh, it's mascot time on WTMJ Nights. Go to sleep tonight when I can stay up thinking about you. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Learning a little bit about Mac tonight, the old McDonald's corporate mascot, only for a couple years. And then we started talking about our favorite or your favorite, the most popular corporate mascots we got it and we're also talking about not only your favorite ones but the ones that may have freaked you out the 414 says as a child ronald mcdonald and chuck e cheese freaked me out i always kind of liked ronald mcdonald and i'm not a fan of clowns but i am a fan of mcdonald's so he kind of went with it uh another one that freaked somebody out from the 262 mike's hard iced tea commercial when the face would pop out of a person's neck oh i don't remember that one that would yeah that doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound good at all uh, from the 708, remember Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish did a commercial with the Burger King. Yes, I did not like that either. That was Darius, Darius Rucker. That was when he was first out of Hootie because he was doing, and before he became a country artist, there was a weird in-between time when he did it. In the first commercial he did for Burger King, he was like dressed in a weird cowboy suit. I remember that. Now, Tommy, you, you posited a question because we were talking about mascots in formal wear and i was reminded of the monopoly guy who uh somebody texted in is uncle Pennybags. i said mr peanut uh always dressed formally and you had a question uh yeah we were discussing if the pringles logo and mascot is considered formal wear now just because he's wearing a bow tie is that Jules Pringles or Mr. P? That is uh, that is the name of that character. He has, you know what he he has the bow tie, but that giant mustache to me says barbershop quartet. Ooh, I was thinking that it says fancy. It's fancy mustache, like it the Monopoly fa- man. Yeah. All right, I can see where that would come up. I don't know, but t- I need some more. I need a little more than a bow tie, because a bow tie. Yes, usually fancy. I'll give you that. I'll lean more toward yes than not. And the way he has um, the way he has evolved over the years, 
because the first Pringles logo, he was he had more of a, like a handlebar mustache, and the 1930s kind of slicked, parted down the middle and then slicked off like you see in a lot of cowboy westerns when the barkeep has that kind of hairdo. So that's old-timey, which I know they're going for with the mustache. Boy, I'm going to have to go. Uh, I'm going to have to go. Could be, maybe, maybe not on that one. I can't I can't be definitive. Okay. All right. I mean, some it's, could argue, argue that uh, Colonel Sanders is in some sort of fancy wear, too, if he didn't Colonel have the Sanders apron on. Colonel Sanders is in a suit. Right. He's in the, the white Southern. But a suit is not formal wear. Formal wear is tuxedo or tuxedo accoutrements like the spats and the uh, monocle like Mr. Peanut. Oh, all right. All right. You know, a suit. Colonel Sanders in a suit. Uh, that's all right. Mayor McCheese. Oh, I remember he Mayor was wearing, He was wearing a morning suit. He was all dressed up. He had just come from his inauguration. So, yes, Mayor McCheese, always in formal wear. I will say Mayor McCheese is definitely in more formal wear than the Pringles man. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no I can debate. get behind that. Because you See, the problem with the Pringles guy is we're only seeing his head. So it could go either way. What if he was wearing, like, what if he was a, a, a train engineer with a little panache? And he was wearing just, you know, dungarees or overalls with a bow tie. That's not formal wear. No, See I don't I'm think saying? so. No, I don't think we don't it have is. enough. We don't have enough evidence. Right. That's why I can't. I can't be definitive. Um, <laughs> Jeff says I'm kicking myself for not going to see Max Sabbath. Demented-looking McDonald's characters performing Black Sabbath when they came to Milwaukee last October. All right, I have got to. We got to put that on the calendar if they ever come back. Steve loves Mr. Clean and loves the earring. Uh, we're getting some others. The WB Frog. Yeah, I guess that'd be an iconic corporate mascot. Jack in the Box mascot. That's when when I was young and they still had Jack in the Box in the Midwest. It was more like a clown. But then they brought Jack to life when we were living in California, and that was a little too creepy for me. Kind of informal wear, too. Pretty pretty formal. Yeah. Yeah. I, can it? Mm, yes, you're right. Okay. I'm not going to argue with it. The Coppertone Baby and Dog is definitely one of the top iconic corporate mascots. The little, uh, little baby. Favorite Billy Bob from Showbiz Pizza always freaked me out. Plus, his mouth was never in sync with the lyrics. I was never at a Showbiz Pizza. But that looks like a really bad Country Bear Jamboree ripoff that Taylor sent. That's exactly what that is, Country Bear Jamboree ripoff. No thanks. Uh, the Michelin Man was a good one. I used to like him. Just with the uh, doing the, that was That's obviously before your time, too. You young kids don't. What about Captain Morgan? Would he be a? Would he be one that uh, you liked? Uh, yeah, sure. But that's like right. Captain Crunch. Same, same Captain vibe. Crunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about the uh, the formal wear thing. He's just. He's big. He's. Uh, they had a live action pop. Captain Morgan a while back in the commercials, and now they've stopped that. Yeah, because that was. I don't know. I like. I like the for. For ma mascots, I want them animated or plushy. A, a human, once you bet, uh, oh, see, the Six Flag mascot was in a tux, but he, he would, he would, I don't think he was a mascot. The guy, the old man who did the dance in the tuxedo. Ooh, 
That's a, that's a big one. I like that one too. I like that right, one, Taylor. Now, no, I'll give it to Taylor. He is, I, I guess, for he was only how many years? It wasn't. We'll have to check that. Was it a long time that he was the the face of the Six Flag commercials? I don't know, but yeah, in the nineties. Taylor, all right, we'll give it to you, Taylor. Another formal wear mascot. You got me. Uh, the Energizer Energizer Bunny. I always liked the Pillsbury Doughboy. Has barely changed over the years. Who doesn't love his little giggle? He's so fun. Snap, crackle, and pop. Um, the Cocoa Krispies monkey. And, and nobody said the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, Carl, uh, you've been holding on. Welcome to the show. Hi. I just wanted to say that when I was a kid, uh, one of the literally huge uh, I- iconic uh, uh, representatives was Mark's Big Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the big boy in his uh, in his plaid overalls. Yeah, I wouldn't say he was uh, formally dressed, but he was huge. <laughs> yes, he was. He was a big boy. <laughs> Carl, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. We got to do this, and it's going to be news time on WTMJ. Oh my goodness, if you have children, who's supposed to clean up after them? We'll talk about it on the other side of the news at 7.30. And it is time to go to the WTMJ 24-Hour News Center. Wyatt Barmore Pooley, standing by. Clean up, everybody, everywhere. Clean up, clean up, everybody, do your share. Clean up, clean up, everybody, Who is this? Why am I not remembering this? It's Barney. Oh, Barney. He's not a corporate mascot. He is a frightening child's child show creation that uh, terrifies me. We are cleaning up because we got to get out of here at 8 o'clock because Brewers baseball comes your way after that. The Brewers in Seattle taking on the, uh, oh my gosh, Mariners. Mariners. Yes, I got it. I got it. I was getting ready to uh I was getting ready to share a poem. We got a, a big tax eve poem from our poet laureate. Because it's National Haiku Day. This is not a haiku. This is Tommy's still working on his. We'll get it before the end of the show. This is a uh full-on poem. So on tax day eve, we stop and pause before sending payments to support the cause. And pay our fees, we hope will make things right. To support our country, to retain its might. We work hard all year to raise our funds and give back at this time, hoping we're not the only ones who do our filings and report all our cash, expecting others are counting even what's in their stash. This volunteer reporting thing we do is fine, provided each person agrees to toe the line. So I look at this day as our agreement to live in this country of ours, asking not what we get, but what we can give. Happy Tax Day Eve, a Knight's Poet. Yes, bravo. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I have one more haiku. I will uh, we'll do ours together. I'll do mine, and then, Tommy, you have the closing haiku at the end of the program. Okay. All right. Uh, if you have children, especially young children, we had a toddler over here this uh, weekend. I babysat for my friend's son, who's two and a half. And you know, toddlers can be messy when they eat or when they snack. And that's, you know, that's part of the deal. If you have kids and you take them out, you know there's going to be a mess. And in certain industries, you kind of expect that. If you work at a, you know, a restaurant and it's a family place, 
you probably got to figure, keep the carpet sweeper handy because every time a kid leaves, there's going to be a mess under the table. I've never heard of parents being forced to clean up. This story came out today. It's a uh, Blue Jays player, Anthony Bass. He slammed United Airlines saying that you know his wife, who is, who is expecting, she's 22 weeks pregnant. They have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and she was traveling with them on a plane. Claims that the flight attendant forced her, and that's the word they used, forced her to get on her hands and knees to pick up a popcorn mess that the two-year-old made. He was very upset about this. He tweeted, are you kidding me? Blah, blah, blah. So obviously there was a lot of online debate. I'll tell you this, United is the popcorn culprit. They were passing out the popcorn. So maybe that will change the way you think about this. Is it right to make the mom clean up after their kids? A lot of people on the internet said, yes, you know what? That's your job as a parent. If your kids make a mess, you got to clean up. Other people supported uh, Bass and said, you know, no, that's not right. Because somebody asked him, well, who's supposed to clean up? And he was like, the cleaning crew that they pay. Now, I would agree with that, except my only, my only issue with this is if it's a connecting flight. You know, if you're getting off the plane and somebody's going to be sitting in that seat in a minute, maybe you try to pick it up a little. But I don't believe anybody has to get down on the ground and clean up crumbs because there's always going to be there's always going to be some crumbs on a floor. And if you if you expect people not to drop stuff, either a don't give them any food, two don't give out popcorn. Because how many times have we been at the movie theaters eating pop? I never leave a movie theater without having dropped some popcorn on the floor. Now, am I going to get down on that gross, sticky floor and pick every kernel of popcorn up? No, that's what the teenagers with the broom and the dustpan do when they come by. That's part of their that's part of their gig, you know. And I would imagine that should be the gig, even for flight attendants on a connecting flight. Now, if you're in a restaurant and your kid is dropping all kinds of stuff, either bring something to put bring something to put under the the booster chair or the height chair to catch all the crumbs or you know, tip big. Because you know the the waiter or waitress or the busboy that's been taking care of your table is going to have to clean this up before the next table sits down. So, you can either try to pick some stuff up yourself if there's big chunks, if I'm in a restaurant, you have a lot more room in a restaurant too. You can just scoot your chair out a little, reach down, pick up the the roll or whatever that your kid dropped. You you can help a little bit. But even in a restaurant, I don't expect a customer to get down on the floor and crawl around trying to clean it up. Uh, United says they're taking care of it. They've you know of course he's you know he's a professional baseball player. His family is traveling. We all know that corporations, uh, if you are verified on Twitter, legacy verified, Tommy, not uh, not this pay for pay by the month verified. I'm legacy. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's right. Another flex. Uh, but then t- companies do pay attention to that. If you tweet at them with a blue check mark, they're gonna. Well, they used to pay attention. Now they're going. This person has eight bucks a month. I don't care who they are. But I don't. 
I, I, I think in this case, the flight attendant was wrong. You're, you're going to tell me they don't have some sort of either old school carpet sweeper. That's probably a term you don't know either, Tommy. That's an old person thing. It's like a vacuum without electricity. That's right. That's what a carpet sweeper is. Okay. Yeah. I've All seen right. them. Sure. Or a broom. I know everybody's seen a broom. One of those little brooms with the, the handle on the dustpan that you... That, that's all you need. Uh, and if you're giving out the popcorn, shut up. From the 262, we've got two kids, three and three years and nine months. We try and clean up the bigger pieces of the mess when we go out to eat, but usually only frequent family restaurants, and they don't usually, uh, and they usually don't worry about it. Yes, that's certain places know there's going to be there's going to be some mess. If you're if you're a place that caters to families and families. A lot of times have small children. As they get older, you hope they can keep the food in their mouth. But when they're three and nine months, they're, they're throwing all kinds of stuff around. There's Cheerios everywhere. There's there's everything. So I got you. Uh, Taylor says, I think if the mess was excessive, I, I mean, I don't clean up in the theater unless it's a huge mess, like when my mom would spill. Oh, stop taking your mom to the theater, Taylor. Making a mess. Uh, yeah, if it's if it's something huge and you can clean up part of it, Nothing wrong with that. If you can't, well, then I'm sorry. If you want to weigh in on this, 855-616-1620. If you're a server, I would like to hear from you too. Because does a tip nullify the mess? Because I'm thinking if I just throw money at the problem, it should be taken care of. But I'm wondering if you work at a family restaurant and you see this all the time, uh, do do people take care of you like they should? Or do they just expect you to be their quote-unquote servant for the night? And you know what? That's their job to clean up my mess because I am the king and my family just had patty melts. That's how it goes. And you take care of us. A lot to get to before baseball. It's WTMJ Nights. Sure, I think about you, Tommy. I don't know. We'll leave it at that, though. Uh, our poet laureate has sent us a haiku version of his, their tax day poem. It's National Haiku Poetry Day. Big big end for the show. Both Tommy and I will unveil. I'll unveil one more haiku. Tommy will unveil a haiku that he has been working on for two hours. I'm sure it is going to be award winning. I'm laying the pressure on you. Okay. Uh, so here's the haiku version. So tax day is here. Sharpen our pencils with fear. Send it in and pray. Yeah. Right on. Uh, John says, drop popcorn. Bad. <laughs> Dog lift leg in aisle. Good. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Yeah, we're talking about this uh, this Blue Jays player whose wife was for... Now, I don't know how they're... See, here's the thing. If you're on an, a plane and your kid makes a mess and you've got... You know, you're you're pregnant. You've got two kids. One spills popcorn all over. They gave you the popcorn. Uh, how do they force you to clean it up? At some point, don't you just go, "Hey, screw you! I've got my hands full here." You know, you, you can clean up the popcorn yourself. Cause listen, Sky Pixies, you guys are gouging us for everything we get up here. So just you know, clean up. Now, does that mean I think that? Somebody is my servant if I'm on a flight? No. But I also think, you know, unless unless I go crazy with a mess or I have some huge sort of accident where I spill everything, but even then, I'm gonna I'm gonna expect some help cleaning it up. 
Yeah, that doesn't it, surprise me at all. Actually, uh, that the, that's a, which part doesn't surprise you? I I have not had great experiences with flight attendants on virtually any plane. No, they don't. Uh, it's not the old days no. where they were, uh, you know, not very they, hospitable in my eyes. No, well, they. My only defense is they have to deal with a lot of jerks. Correct. Yes, I get that so, part of it, but it's it also you know. They're also dealing with probably a lot of stressed people, too. So right. it's, it goes that way. And they're that probably way. dealing with a lot of nice people as well. Right. You know, a polite person can spill something just as much as an idiot can spill something. For sure. So, but, you, but you're right. I never expect uh, lovely service. I think sometimes, I because I uh, sometimes like to sit on the aisle, I have, uh, I'm convinced that I've been jabbed with the drink cart intentionally sometimes. <laughs> You know, because yeah. it's almost like they got to swerve it a little bit to get your shoulder. Yeah, you get up. You give me that vibe. Yeah, they'll just they'll they'll just slam into me. Uh, but I agree with you. But again, how can they make you clean it up? Were they going to hold the flight? They going to call an air marshal? Hey, this pregnant woman with a, with two little kids. She's <laughs> kids spilled popcorn. We better call the TSA. Right, and you know at that point. You know, chivalry in some capacity, you would hope. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of where I am at with it. I, I think right. that in a situation at one of my jobs, I would probably just say, it's cool, I'll get it. So that that's why I, I kind of throw shade at the flight attendant, because that doesn't surprise me from that profession at all. No, it doesn't surprise me either, and I'm not above throwing shade, and I expect you to be nothing if not chivalrous. Okay, yeah, thank you. That's that's how, that's what, that's the vibe you give off. But yeah, it it just the whole thing. I'm not a fan of the airline industry anyway. We keep we keep bailing them out, and they keep gouging us, and everything gets more uncomfortable, and we get feed to death on everything. And it is a for some people it is a necessary evil. If you travel for work, you have to you have to fly, and if you want to travel anywhere of any distance in a short amount of time, you got to fly too. You know, so we're, they know they have us over a barrel because for every person who goes, well, I'm just not going to fly. There's thousands of people who either have to fly or want to fly. And so that's what they use as their excuse to treat us horribly that, well, you know, over the pandemic, blah, 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 stop with the pandemic. Okay. Yes, I get it. Fuel costs are going up. Okay. If the ticket prices have to go up, that's fine. But Hey, what happens when the fuel prices go down? You're going to drop your ticket prices? No, they never drop their ticket prices. They just grease it up and give it to us some more. Uh, so, yeah, I've got no, I've, there's no love lost between the airline industry and myself. Now that I've, uh, you know, pretty much gotten myself on the no fly list, let's do a little business. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully in this break, there's not a lot of airline commercials, Tommy. I wish you had given me the heads up. <laughs> but anyway, it's WTFJ9. Glad to know you. Last few minutes of WTMJ Nights for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, at 6. Brewers baseball comes your way after the news. The Brewers taking on the Mariners in Seattle. Another West Coast series for the Brewers. You can hear all the action starting at 8.05 right here. All right, Tommy, it is a National Haiku Poetry Day, as we have been saying, and we are your one-stop radio shop for haiku poetry. We are. Uh, I have one more, 
And then you have been working on one. This is uh, people are very they're clamoring for mm -hmm. this for mm -hmm. your haiku. I, I would way. I would assume so. Yeah, they're like, what is Tommy going to write about? This is going to be great. So here is my final haiku of the evening: Sweating in the heat. That was two days ago. Today, I'm freezing. Well, that one was deep. That was deep, man. Because who knows? Why am I cold? Why is it my soul that is cold? I felt that. I felt that yeah. one. Mm -hmm. Thank you, man. Thank you. That was, yeah. I, I put everything I had into that one. Was but that enough about me? A deaf, deaf poetry. That was, yeah, that was that was good. That was good. I like. You that wish one. you were deaf when I read my poetry. That's what is uh, that what you're saying? No, I get it. No, no. I, that's not what I was going for. That's not what I was going for. Well, it's all right. It's going way, for the that's lingo. Fine. Trying to try to all really right. be this poetry show here. Uh, all right, here, listen, here we go. You're, you're doing great. All right, now. I know you're trying to waste some time, hoping that we'll run out before you can get your uh, your haiku. I got in. one. I got one. I have it. I'm. I have. I'm holding it. See right, right here on this paper. I got it. All right. Uh, WTMJ Knights, keeping Brian Noonan young. Producer Tommy. <laughs> that is very true. I try. I try. That is correct in its form and true in its meaning. Right on. Right on. Very nice. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, now we took have, me two have to hours to come up with that one. Well, listen, we all don't write at the same uh, at the same speed. Sometimes things. If you had asked me to do something else, some other sort of uh, literature, literary endeavor, it may have taken me longer. I don't. Uh, I listen. I don't think I'd want to put my haikus in for a grade, but for here, they seem to go okay. You know. And, uh, and that's the way it goes. All right, listen, we got to start getting out of here. Baseball's coming up. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. What are we going to do? I don't know. That's up to Tommy. He always, he just, I know it doesn't sound like it, but Tommy just gives me everything that I'm going to say. Shoot him and down I, if you need to. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just read the, uh, I just read the notes. All right, listen, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the program. Tommy, as always, thank you for that masterful job on the haiku. Brewers baseball coming your way on the other side of the news. Have a great night. It's WTMJ.